we must constantly look at things in a different way. The Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast was created by two physical therapists out of the desire to learn more about the different educational roles in physical therapy and healthcare and how healthcare education works by talking with educational leaders and people with different perspectives within physical therapy and across interdisciplinary lines on how education can be improved to disrupt the status quo of healthcare education. This is our journey, and thanks for listening. Are you a third-year physical therapy student that excels on tests when you have study guides, checklists, and deadlines? With all of the information available about how to prepare for the NPTE, it's easy to get disorganized and not feel prepared going into the big day. NPTE Prep Success is an online course that provides PT students easy-to-use study guides and step-by-step guidance through the NPTE preparation. To learn more, visit kylericeprep.com. Thank you again all for your continued support, and now for the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, F. Scott Field, and I'm with my co-host, Brandon Pone, and we are coming live from SSPT Live down in Clearwater Beach, Florida. Uh, we have uh, for you a, a great story today of trials and tribulations in a physical therapy career. We have today with us Katrina Niesker. Thank you guys for having me, first of all. Honor and a pleasure. Um, I started out, I grew up in Minnesota, and I originally actually was a dance major, musical theater minor in New York City for two and a half years. I was there during 9-11, though, and I became very unhealthy and had some sickness and went home and reevaluated my life and kind of my purpose and decided I wanted to go into physical therapy. So I got my undergrad at College of St. Catherine in Minnesota in psychology, and then I got my doctorate in physical therapy, um... St. Kate's before starting working and currently now 10 years after graduating in 2008 I am now in my fellowship for my fam my FAOMP team through the Spinal Manipulation Institute so my education is pursuing even further as far as other education (laughs) you were actually one of those clinicians like myself who who considered fellowship much later yep that's awesome tell us a little bit about that what went through that decision making uh, when you decided yeah, now's the time. I'm ready to do this. Well, that goes into part of all the trials and tribulations that I've been oh, through. I don't know if you guys are ready for that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's jump right into uh, the bumps along the way, the bumps in the road, the trials and tribulations of your career and your journey. So it even started back. So as I told you, I got sick in uh, New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hospitalized out there and probably should have died. But by the grace of God, I did not. And... Uh, in PT school, as we all know, anyone who's listening to this is pretty darn stressful. And so I kind of had a little relapse at the end of PT school. My last semester, I had to take a medical leave of absence. So I ended up graduating late and also kind of being sick through PT school and feeling like I had left the dance world and left my passion and wanting to be passionate about physical therapy, but being up and down and not fully present. Um, so yeah, I ended up graduating late. And I got recruited down to Tucson, Arizona by Health South, and I got an amazing sign-on bonus and 401k matching and tuition reimbursement, and it was this great opportunity to finally be warm and not in Minnesota, and I was just going to do two years and, and check it out. And so I, since I graduated late, I'd already started having to pay my loans, and I took, so I graduated September. 
and then I took my boards in October and had already bought a car and an apartment because I had flown down earlier and um, based on that a PT salary and at that time I think the scores were mailed to you or either it took like six weeks to find out so I had moved down there transition was going and I woke up the next morning and checked because they came up at like 6 a.m. and I don't know what it is now but it, you need 600 to pass and it was out of 800 Correct. and it, and it all, all it told me though was pass or fail and it said fail and I had just moved across country to a town I didn't know anyone for a job and made all these choices and decisions based on that. And so my work was so understanding and they're like, this happens all the time. Uh, you know, you'll just work as a rehab tech until you take it again. I'm like, don't worry, this you're not the first one. They had other people and that kind of made me feel good. But I've always struggled with test taking. I have ADHD. I don't sit well. I don't read off of a screen well. I speak well and I do hands-on well but I struggled with self-confidence my whole life and self-doubt and then kind of being sick through PT school feeling that imposter syndrome like I didn't I just survived it versus you know not really passing it and so I bought my results found out I got 585 <laughs> and if you divide how many questions each question's worth 30 points so I missed it by less than a question I bought my results focused really hard on the areas that you know I did the poorest and then I took it in I think right away in November at that time you could take it every month mm-hmm. um, with Arizona you could only take it two times before having to pay the whole application fee again though and two you know the cost of paying for these tests as well so I studied and then I took it again waited for the results fail bought my results again 595 oh gosh so close <laughs> and here I am making $14 an hour again car and apartment feeling like everyone's looking down at me not fitting in I I always kind of have a hard time fitting in I don't know I'm super sensitive and even though I'm an extrovert I'm sort of an introvert I was picked on my whole life um growing up even in PT school like I'd asked to be in um study groups and the girls like said no (laughs) and so because I'm I, I just I don't know so that I was just heartbroken and I had to buy my results again. So luckily, and I was just bawling at work one day and this older PT took me under a wing and she was actually had used to be an engineer and she was a master test taker. And she was like, it's not, you're not dumb. She goes, it's about learning how to take the test. You need to learn how to take the test. And I know I'm a good test taker. And so we broke out and instead of going right back into it, we like put the um, date far out, like three month date. We broke down each unit in advance. I studied. She would meet with me on her own time after work, one-on-one mentoring and practice questioning me on each of the sections how the questions would be and two I invested in buying a lot of practice tests so instead of studying 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 I was just taking tests I was test 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 and and then so finally I took it again and pass three times the pass but it took me eight months working down there so that was it was a lesson it taught me a lot of respect for the rehab techs down there because they really used and abused them and they treated me like crap 
even though I was a PT and they knew I was a PT, so I was always super nice to the tech. So everything happens for a reason. And then I started being like, okay, now I can finally breathe. I worked two jobs through PT school. I finally could not study. I never watched TV. I was like, I could go to work and watch TV. I could maybe have a social life <laughs> like instead of working all the time. But then that fear of that time to catch up financially and pay off my loans, I did end up working overtime every Saturday and paid off my student loans in four years, but then I was broaching burnout. And so I started first two years in inpatient rehab, was really burning out, and then I went to outpatient for five years down there. So for seven years, I was with this hospital-based company, starting to feel burnout periodically through those phases, um, craving more mentorship, wanting to get more sports and orthopedic um, backgrounds. And so I wanted to get more sports and orthopedic backgrounds, but not having any guidance or the patient population. So huge retiree population down there. Um, and not a lot of motivated people. I love Tucson. It taught me how to relax. It was really sunny. Um, but low economic status and a lot of people with that hasta mañana attitude. And um, so I was feeling kind of stagnant professionally. So I did explore life. I started, I got certified in Kundalini Yoga. And I decided to train for a marathon. I ran my first marathon. And, you know, I explored other opportunities. And I did take a lot of courses. I did a lot of John F. Barnes, myofascial work, trying my best to do what I could. But it was chronic pain, patient population, um, a lot of TBI, stroke, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in PT school, I kind of wanted to be a dance PT. And then we had a couple serious relationships that didn't work out. And after that last one, God was calling me to move back to Minnesota. Um, my nieces, I moved back right before they turned five and eight. And I haven't been blessed with a family of my own. And that is my, and it's just my sister and I. And that was my opportunity to be, I'm cool Aunt Kiki. So I get to be like very involved with their lives as I was, as my aunts were to me. So I moved back to Minnesota about three years ago. Um, again, I'm a planner, so I went, I interviewed, I, I found a good job, I found an apartment, I did everything, everything planned out, I bought a new car that could endure Minnesota winters, so SUV, and, yeah, and remote heat starter and heat seat heaters, like, that's what I have, is I'm moving to Minnesota, I'm doing that, and I got an apartment, too, based on this really nice salary, I found a great ideal job, and I moved back, and I was super excited, and there was this like eight week training um, program that they took me through and they were just like calling off all these muscles and palpation and I'm very open and honest and expressive and I was like, we never like called out the names. We would just say upper trap, levator, you know what I mean? We didn't really identify specific muscles. We would say, oh, we worked on their quads. And even though I knew it, I was like, oh gosh, I have to review this. It's been, I haven't, I learned this stuff 10 years ago. You know, I'd just be joking about it, but I didn't know how competitive, um, and networky and clicky, uh, Minnesota was. So Minnesota does have the best of the best healthcare. And that's part of why I wanted to move back. They have the Minnesota Dance Medicine Foundation. They have the Mayo Clinic, so everyone around them steps up their game. Everyone else is a super overachiever in Minnesota, so everyone has their, like, OCS and SES and their FAMPC. Like, they have all these letters after the name, which doesn't necessarily make you a better clinician, but they are super motivated, and I knew I'd be pushed out of my comfort zone, 
which I need to be to do. Otherwise, I won't. <laughs> you know, we have to find people that elevate us. Sure. You feel like you found your tribe now. I I do. I had only worked one job. They paid for me to move down there. I was like gold in Tucson, and uh, then I kept applying to all these these jobs to try to branch out more. Um, and I just ended up I ended up working per diem at a lot of different places and interviewing because I want to find a good fit. And it actually worked out because the place I worked, I was ending up with thoracic outlet syndrome and it didn't work very well, but I was doing doctor shadows. I was networking. I even tried to start my own practice with a chiropractor and that didn't work. Um, but I found out one of the head people from that company had started rumors about me. He was a dance therapist and basically said I was unprofessional. This is why I got laid up. I was unprofessional for telling the dancers I was a dancer and telling my dance background and that it was not well received by the dancers when I was trying to relate to the patients and give them credibility so that they would trust me, establish trust. And, uh, um, and then, uh, so yeah, I worked per diem for a year and then I ended up in life clinic, physical therapy and chiropractic, which... I wouldn't have chosen voluntarily. It's a commission-based job, and it forced me to learn how to market and network myself. So I'm basically running my own practice, um, and I struggled. Uh, but I succeeded. I prevailed, but I was working six days a week, and I have no life. I eat, sleep, breathe this to give above and beyond care. And so I started seeking mentors. I had a great mentor who hired me, Dr. J, who believed in me. And also my best friend as a PT, started her own business, believed in me as well. And that gave me hope to keep pushing. And I paid for tons of continuing education. I was investing myself. And then I started researching cash-based PT. Started listening to podcasts, Paul Goff, um, Aaron LeBauer, Greg Todd. And starting investing in Audible books. And started putting time and energy into my ears to change my knowledge and continue my education and skills that they don't teach you in PT school. They teach the chiropractors how to market themselves. They don't teach PTs, which is why I, I didn't know what I was doing and I was succeeding, but like by a threat. And so I've been there for two years and then I recently took uh, Greg Todd's Smart Success PT course. I was in season five and that just catapulted my whole level of thinking. And the more knowledge that I've gained, the more I am realizing what the potentials of physical therapy is, the more I learn about cash-based PT and even being in Life Clinic, learning about the reality of reimbursement and where our profession is going. And um, it's reignited my passion for my fellowship. And that is why I, too, why I decided to go for my fellowship is I, I am advertising to for people to pay up to like $210 an hour for cash. So if I'm advertising to be the best of the best, I better be the best of the best. And also like ethically, like I want to get people better and faster and know more. And with education, anything that you feel you are lacking, I used to just beat myself up and accept that as my truth. Or when people would make those judgments or spread rumors I had one of the dance PTs tell a head person I was, like, stalking her, so I was blocked from being hired at two major companies in the Twin Cities because I was reaching out saying, oh, can I shadow you? I want to, I'm interested in dance medicine. And there's just so much lack of collaboration. It shocked me because for me, if everybody wins, yeah. then that's awesome. And it's about the patient. If we can help people and help each other to get the patients better, yay, 
everybody wins thinking abundantly instead of blocking someone or throwing another practitioner under the table. Uh uh-uh. uh. Just because they don't have the experience that you have um, or the opportunities does not make them stupid. It does not make them less than. And so that. That's kind of where I'm at now. I'm passionate about continuing education, not only in your skill set, but business and professionally. And I do hope in, I, I have opened my Vitalogy Health and Wellness, LLC. Um, because of all my health issues, I'm very, very passionate about overall health and wellness, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And I, I plan to have some online platform to help people not only just get the nutrition down and getting up and going to the gym and getting those health healthy systems down, um, but the psychological as well. So my thing is halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If you're any one of those, there's no way, and you can get by with it when you're younger. You can over-caffeinate, you can have a couple nights off, but just because you don't see what's going on internally, cancer, um, diabetes, something is being affected. Your body has a stress cut. And everything I do in my life is focused on making sure those baselines are covered so I can be of maximum service to others. And this whole process... The point of all the heartbreaks and and letdowns is that no matter what, like, so if you don't like your current situation, you need to change it. Um, I used to complain a lot, but instead of complaining now, I try to bring a solution and gain a different level of thinking to solve the problem. So my biggest suggestions are find a mentor surround yourself with people that believe in you and people that level you up don't let others judgments derail you or let it fool you don't let it become your truth and four is to take care of yourself mentally physically emotionally and spiritually so that you have the resilience endurance and clarity to win at life and the biggest thing is to invest in yourself and always never give up and to reach out like reach out there's so many people out there and you are never alone um and there's people that are going through exactly what you're going through so just don't give up on yourself no matter how many setbacks you have no matter how many people don't believe in you or 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 shoot you down just um continue to invest in yourself and change your level of thinking that will get you out of your current situation if, if you don't like it i love it no i think you made so many important goal points in there for anyone to hear for that matter and to kind of go a little bit more specific yeah. what have been some things that you've learned from i mean from transitioning to a clinic from a clinician to yeah. a business owner mm-hmm. what are some of the biggest business lessons that you would say you probably learned that you think probably most students or even early clinicians that are maybe thinking about maybe going to business routes should be aware of so the biggest thing is patience there is no such thing as overnight success and there in no matter how successful somebody may look everybody has dears uh, fears and doubts I combined it I said dears <laughs> I am from Minnesota um, so the thing it's kind of what Paul covered today so I would ramp up really fast um, but then you go through the highs and lows the busier you get then you lack in other things and so you you have to have systems that set you up for success because you're continually going to trade time for money and you have to find that balance my first year at Life Clinic I almost burnt out 
and I actually went through a really dark time and I actually was almost let go from the clinic because I just was living, eat, sleep and breathing there. And even though I was producing, my mood and my energy and my spirit was gone because I, I felt stuck and I felt hopeless. Like, this is it. I'm just, I'm going to get up and go to the gym and I'm going to work and then do notes and then I'm going to market and I'm going to be single forever and have no life. And uh, this is what it's got to be. And that's not a way to think. You, you, that whole halt, that hungry, angry, lonely, tired, like if you're, you have to be super honest with yourself. And we do go through phases where, yeah, sometimes you do need to put in more effort. But then there needs to be a recovery time. There needs to be transition time. And um, like I said, the biggest thing is patience. Putting in the relationships and staying true to your morals. I would start to um, compromise my morals. Um, not like necessarily, but in order to get uh, more patience. Or, you know, I was being a people pleaser instead of being authentic. So stay truly authentic to you and never stop growing in your education of different skills that are going to help you. So seek that business mentorship, um, seek other ways to fill yourself with just the clinical side. And that includes communication, like how to win friends and influence people, seven habits of highly effective people. Like you, you gotta find what your weaknesses are and, and address them because they're not going to go away and they're going to become more prominent, especially when you're running your own business. And people are everything. Relationships, relationships, relationships. Well, Katrina, we like to ask each guest this one final question. Yeah. If you could change one thing about DPT education or healthcare education in general, what would you change and how would you change it? The DP, one thing, mm-hmm. business and marketing, 150,000%. This, yeah, this is, um, with deductible, my deductible is $6,500. So people are making healthcare choices the same as they would buying a TV and it needs to be addressed. And I've, I've done some as I'm doing my mentorship, um, work in other clinics and they don't present any, like we, one other thing in our clinic, we present all the financials up front. We verify for them and say, Hey, this is what it's going to cost. Like, how can we make this work for you? Other places they go, they're like, Oh, I'm in network. They know nothing about their deductibles or insurances, anything. And they get the bill six months later and they're pissed off. They're so pissed off because they spent all this money and nobody told them. Or they're paying it up front knowing full well this is your cost. There's no hidden fees or anything. This is it. This is it. It's a little more clear to them and, and it's exactly easier to make the decision. But then on that note, saying the business and marketing, if they don't know what PTs are, they're like, well, I'm just going to go to my massage therapist. I'm just going to go to my chiropractor. And there's nothing wrong with those things or my personal trainer because they don't really know what PT is. And that is the huge thing that's lacking that needs to be made aware to these practitioners. And I love that talk that she said is we need to stop calling, referring to doctors as doctors and start referring to them as physicians. Mm -hmm. We need to be the doctors. We are fighting for direct access. We need to be the doctors and we need to start marketing to to the public and so that we're sought out as the musculoskeletal providers so they're not getting injections and medications and surgeries and having chronic issues that could be stopped, prevented, or cured with physical therapy. Yeah. Well, and it's good now because now from a legal standpoint, at least most states besides unfortunately... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's you, but... But 
most states in general I mean, there are finding that have adopted a, a form of direct access, which is huge. I mean, that legally gives us the ability. Yes. But now it's we have to take with take that and do something with it. A hundred percent. Well, Katrina, so where can people find you online or is it social media? So, things for you. Definitely. On Facebook, I'm Katrina Niskern. Um, I have a page, The Purposeful and Passionate Provider, where I post uh, motivational things. As well as on Instagram, I'm at drkatrina816. Perfect. And you can email me too at kaneeskern, which is k-n-e-e-s-k-e-r-n 816 at gmail.com. Perfect. And all those links will be provided in the show notes for you guys if you just want to go swing down and take a look at them. But Katrina, thank you so much for sharing the story. It was very empowering. I hope that our listeners can take a lot of value out of it. There's some, definitely some golden points in there that I think people should be should resonate. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for letting me be here. Yeah, pleasure's all ours. Podcast number one. There we go. <laughs> Access to healthcare is one of the largest issues facing both providers and patients as millions of people worldwide lack timely and affordable access to healthcare. Anywhere Healthcare, a telehealth platform, is a simple, low-cost option for providers and patients that eliminates the barriers to access to all kinds of healthcare. To find out more, check out anywhere.healthcare, which is available on our show notes. And if you use the code HET, in all caps, when you email to sign up, you'll save 25% off the total cost. Thank you for attending class today, and we hope that you learned something and gained value from the content. If you'd like to schedule office hours with us, feel free to add us on Twitter at HET Podcast, on Instagram, HET Podcast, on Facebook, the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast, and the homepage, Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast.com. And for those of you following along in the syllabus, Extra credit can be obtained by liking us, sharing us, and leaving a review. Let's continue our journey up Mount Educational Success as lifelong learners.